0: Welcome to tonight's edition of From the Boardroom to the Locker Room, and it's come, it's gone. It seems as though it went by in a flash for us as spectators. I'm sure it didn't for the organisers and head of operations for the Betway, XAT 20 joins us again. Stephen Cook. Stephen, thank you for your time. Welcome to the show again.
1: Hi, Louis. Good to be on again and good to be chatting to you.
0: I guess in my intro, what I said about how quickly it went for us, is not quite as quickly it went for you guys.
1: Yeah, uh, I suppose you can look at it from a multitude of ways, you know. You know, when it did come to an end there on Saturday night and uh, and everyone started to take stock of what had you know, gone on, you look back and the, and the journey sometimes in some way seems so long and there were so many parts that went into it. And yet, you know, it's over in 32 days and it's uh, it's wham, bam and done. So, yeah, sort of mixed mixed feelings about it. I suppose there's a sense of relief that you've delivered the tournament and that you've got to the end. But also a sense of uh, loss in that uh, you invest so much of yourself and the team invests so much of themselves in, in this event that, uh, you know, it's, uh, it really feels like you've lost something when you wake up on Monday morning and uh, there's not that sense of urgency to, to put on a tournament. But great to be a part of and, uh, and we enjoy every minute.
0: Yes, I remember the question I asked you last year was how successful last year was and how would you be able to follow it on. It's always extremely difficult to to put on a successful event and then the next one has to follow and be as good if not better. Do you think you succeeded?
1: Yeah, I suppose what it came down to is really, I mean, in, in, in cricketing terms, you know, that second season syndrome, you know, you, you often see it in a player who, you know, comes on the scene, a youngster and, you know, shoots the lights out and scores hundreds and takes fifers and then... You know in the off season, everyone does a bit of video analysis and gets talking as to you know where this guy's weaknesses are, and that comes back for the second season. If the young player hasn't sort of moved on and improved their game; they get found out in their second season, and and that was something that we were acutely aware of from a league point of view. Sort of to to use the same analogy is yes, in year one, I think you know there were a lot of people who you know weren't sure about what would be delivered, and uh, we believe we delivered a, a really good product in a, in a short period of time. But then it was sort of like, well, was that a flash in the pan? Once Was that a once-off? And, and can this be repeated and or improved on? So, yeah, certainly we didn't want the bar to, to be lowered. That was sort of a, something we knew for sure. But uh, the challenge is always going to be how do we raise it? And uh, I think in terms of many metrics, we did raise it. Uh, yes, we had more time. It was far more complex. We put on a whole lot more. We took on a, a lot more ourselves. Um, but we believe that, that the product, that uh, SA20 was better second time round. Um, it'll still take a little while for, for all the data to be collated in terms of, you know, your ticket sales and your economic impact and all of those sort of things. But certainly, uh, certainly from a glance from the outside, uh, we certainly believe we delivered a, a better and improved version this time around. Yeah, I think
0: if people uh, are not quite aware of the situation year uh, Europe, just give or take a bit of a year or so ago, you had a lot less time to put the first one on than you did to have the second one this time around.
1: We had a lot longer but we had a lot more to do and um, I think uh, you know as much as it was a rush for us it was a rush for the franchises and uh, and they kind of came on board obviously really late for year one this year they had a lot more time to plan in terms of what they wanted to do how they wanted to execute and I suppose that added layers of complexity additionally we staffed up a little bit more so you know we had a lot more help but we also took on a lot more so um, yeah across the business I mean there were a number of of new partners that came on board and, and 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 while those are fantastic obviously that's that takes uh, a servicing and, the, and and there's a lot of detail that goes into each one of those partnerships sponsorships as 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 people may call them um yeah in terms of on the on on, on the field obviously the uh the, the cricket was excellent and, and and perhaps we'll we'll get into that a little bit later as we go but certainly a lot more moving parts to it and so even with a lot more time I think we all as a, as a management team felt we were, we were just as crazy and just as rushed for season two. But in a lot of ways, it's that intensity that actually drives you. And I sort of almost wouldn't want it any other way. I feel like if you're sitting around in the tournament thinking, oh, you're sorted, you, you probably miss something.
0: Yeah, people like myself and others who are slightly more involved than in just being spectators understand what goes on behind the scene and I think you need to give credit if you don't mind and I'm sure you won't to what is a big team that you have it's not just yourself as the operations guy and, and Graham Smith as the, the front line man there's a, a whole group of people and it amazed me at the, the one photograph that I saw after the event as the team was on the field um, how big your team actually is
1: yeah, absolutely. It is, a, it is a genuine team effort. I mean, Graham is a fantastic leader, and I'm I'm glad you alluded to him. I mean, he is really the glue that holds everyone together. But all the way throughout our staff, I suppose, they're just some fantastic people with some amazing skills. Um, and, I, I mean, that bears testimony to what, what Graham's put together. It's just the quality of people. Um, and you're right. I mean, that those photos afterwards on the field of, of the staff help pull it together, it, it, it does seem like a large bunch. At, at heart, we're a small team of people actually who are permanent a lot of the people are, are, are contractors who come on board for the tournament for a couple of months be it from overseas or locally so it's definitely something due to the nature of a tournament that's four weeks long effectively it takes so much longer to, to plan than that so yeah a small group probably i think about 15 permanent staff and then uh, the rest of the people from that picture are, are on short-term contracts and and deliver for the, for the tournament so yeah the, all, all of those guys and girls um were absolutely brilliant the way that they came on board. I think about it. Our big sort of venue workshop, I think it was early December. So, you know, basically in thirty five days, all of those contractors come on board get a fay with their venues and what needs to be delivered. We try and unpack as much of the information that we have planned over the previous 10 months and download it onto them. And then, uh, yeah, 35 days later, they help us deliver a tournament. So um, you become really close-knit over the intensity putting this on and uh, certainly some amazing friendships were made during that time.
0: We know that the attempts by South Africa and others to put on a T20 tournament were not successful. Yours came along last year and it was extremely successful. There must have been another huge amount of pressure to you and your team to make sure the second edition was as successful as the first one was. Otherwise, it would have been all in vain, wouldn't
1: it? Yeah, Absolutely. I think uh, the pressure is always on, but uh, I suppose that, that pressure is, is part and parcel of it. And it's actually, a, I suppose, it's a blessing. And it's uh, it's an honour to, to, to be under pressure and to be trying to make a difference. I speak for all of us, I think, uh, involved in the league and that all we really want is for South African cricket to thrive and and probably greater than that, and without some people virtuous, but the world game and cricket in general to progress. Um, I mean, we all know that there's <laughs> certainly tricky tricky situations in the world game, and uh, certainly within cricket in South Africa, there's some some complex dynamics. But to try and put on a tournament like this, turn a profit, be able to. One, put back some money into cricket South Africa. But secondly, just just to develop the game in so many ways. And there have been a number of projects where that's been done throughout the year where we feel that we've made a real difference. I mean, it's most obvious on the players. I think uh, I think everyone saw this year how the, the, the South African talent in particular really shone through and how there's been significant growth in a lot of players over the last sort of 18 months to two years. And that was one of our, our visions when Graham and I... You know, first set out on this, we, we really wanted to leave South African cricket and make sure South African cricket was in a better position. And we certainly believe that we're improving on that depth of, of talent. And we've seen some fantastic performances come through. They always be the international stars. That's part and parcel of having a a international tournament. You always have your butlers and these sort of guys shining through. But for me, it was the, it was the local players that, that were fantastic this season. I mean, there are almost too many cases to go through individually, but you've got, you know, your Othniel you know, Bartmans and and those sort of stories, which which are just incredible, you know, to see a guy that's been bubbling under, a good player, but just really come to the fore and, and, and shine and, you know, make a huge contribution in a winning cause.
0: You Now, I know, I know this sounds quite simplistic, but up to the point that the players cross the field, you guys are involved, but then they have to perform to make everything that you've done successful. You've mentioned one or two names, but it has been. I mean, the, the level of cricket, the support that the spectators have given the teams, even on days when it's rained, they, they've been there sitting in the rain watching raindrops falling in, in Quebec and, and other places. Um, you must sit back and say to yourself, we got this right. And, the, and you mentioned already briefly the South Africans. Last year, it seemed as though the international players were the ones that came to the fore. bar a couple of South Africans. This year, it was almost as though with no disrespect to the international players, they kind of took a backseat to the South Africans. And that was fantastic.
1: Yeah, I think that's that's at heart what we what we wanted to create is a South African product where the South African players start provide the platform for the teams and the and the regulations and the and the franchises, they themselves, I mean, they got to get a lot of the way they analyze the game, the way they search around the world for the best players, the way they, you know, sort of work out with the South African talent, how are we going to get the best out of our guys? Um, they've been really good. I mean, they do this all around the world. And so it should come as no surprise that they do it here. So, you know, they've done a fantastic job. But, you know, as you say, we, we can only put them out there on the field and then they need to do their thing. And um, yeah, I think the cricket shone through uh, amazingly well. I think we saw a record number of sixes, you know, close finishes, tight games, all of that sort of stuff. Um, and across a number of metrics, we saw so vast improvements. I think, um, I think as a general rule, the wickets uh, and pitches that we played on were better this year. The uh, the quality, of the umpiring was excellent throughout. And um, there's so many wins along the way that you look at and think that there was definitely improvement on on year one. Um, and as to that spectator experience uh, and the fans sitting waiting in the rain and things like that, which I mean, it is it is heartwarming. Um, you know the cricket is one pillar, and essentially we are a cricket tournament, and that needs to shine. But there's also a lot more to it uh, when you come to the stadium, and, and and that's you know all the entertainment, just that vibe that's created. You know, whether it be for the music, whether it be the face painters, whether it be the kids' activities, whatever it is uh, that brings you there. Um, hopefully that's uh, what attracts you to it, and uh, they end up watching the cricket and become fans for life. You know, that's that's ultimately where we want it to be. For those who who you know who couldn't get down to, to stadiums or who live out of town, I mean, I'd like to feel like the the, the product on broadcast this year actually came across really well. I mean, obviously, Supersport are our partners in this. And um, I think uh, the few games that I actually watched on TV, although I was at almost every one, um, I felt like that broadcast experience was was far enhanced from what we've seen um, on our screens in South Africa before. And that'll be the product that gets beamed. All around the world, to all of our partners, be it Viacom in India, be it Sky, Fox, et etc., all the various partners around the world, and you know we can really showcase our country. And that was something that I that I noticed a lot more this year is we are showcasing our country as a as a tourist destination, as a cricket destination, and just a great place to 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 come and be. And you know, if cricket can play, and SA Twenty can play a small part in that, then then we're winning on a multitude of levels. In our previous chat, I mean, you spoke about the economic impact uh, of what. The competition potentially brings to our country and I think it's always too important to remember it within that greater context that uh, as a nation we're looking to build and as a tournament we're looking to make a difference you know whether it be job creation whether it be GDP growth whether it be any of those sort of metrics um, that that's an important part of what we do too.
0: So we spoke a little bit about the players and we'll talk more about them in a moment but what was fantastic for me this time around only one foreign head coach, Robin Peterson, Lance Kusner, JP Newman, Graham Ford, Adrian Burrell, the coach that's got the winning side. And then obviously Stephen Fleming, who kind of like sort of almost called him a South African, almost any New Zealander we can now call a South African in one way or another. Now, and that can also benefit our crickets going forward tremendously.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think I, I think it's nice to have a, a little bit of a mix. Uh, we had Shane Bond this year, he replaced JP Dumini at Paul, the Royals, and um yeah, Stephen Fleming, and and just a mix of a mix of people that they have, and the and the expertise. I mean, yeah, we could go through that list of those coaching staff. They were some of the best coaches from around the world and South Africans, and it just goes to show what quality we do have as South Africans. And if we all pull together, what can be done? You know, you look at some of those coaching staffs. I mean, Durban Super Giants for one. You know, you got John T. Rhodes and Mone Morkel and Lance all of these guys all together in one in one dugout, it's it's quite phenomenal. And then you mix in there all of a sudden all of the international talent and stars that that come with it. And and some of these franchises, they have uh, incredible sort of leadership teams and, and, and directors of cricket, you know, your Kumar Sangakara's your Mahela Jay those are the guys that you know. They might not be in the dugout every game, but they're the guys in the in the team hotels, in the team meetings, getting involved with the strategy. And 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 the more that top thinking that gets that gets filtered down to our local players, to the overseas players, even will just make for a better product and better cricketers. So certainly something that leaves us with a lot of positives. Um, and then on top of it, probably an extra layer is just in those backroom staffs. We're actually starting to see quite a number of South Africans sort of there as assistant coaches and things like that. And and that's only going to help our domestic cricket, you know, for Amandla Mashimbi, for Richard Desneves, Wandele Guavu. I mean, I'm just naming a couple of guys. Obviously, there are a whole lot more. You know, to, to to be in these backroom teams, they can only learn and grow and, and work out where this world game is going. Um, because I think it's a constantly moving target. This T20 cricket is... Uh, is really dynamic and the analysis and everything that goes into it these days is is quite phenomenal.
0: Stephen, you guys must take quite a bit of flack. And, and I'll admit that I am one of those people that most probably gives you guys a bit of flack in terms of the fact that the game that the elderly, I, I use myself included in that, I mean over 45, 50-year-olds, um, we seem to feel that the Red Bull game is taking a backseat to the T20 game. How do you answer me on that one? I mean, I love the T20 game. Don't get me wrong. But maybe I'm just a purist. Maybe I grew up in an era where, like, your dad played and people are a little bit older than him. And we are so used to seeing cricket over four days or three days, then four days, then five days in the test match. And now we see smash, bash, crash, and we see the Indians bowling the protes out for a least couple of 50-odd in a test match. And we think to ourselves, and we blame the T20 game. How right or how
1: wrong are we? That's a really good question. I personally believe that the first class slash test game can coexist perfectly well with T20 cricket. I really don't feel that we need to be pitting them against one another. I think they need to be working together. I think they serve both very important purposes, albeit slightly different. I think the reality is that because of the financial models and how they work at the moment, test cricket, barring a few countries, is actually not... That financially viable? I heard Graham the other day just just relaying a story about I mean about the West Indies tour to Australia and you know, it was fantastic with the way the West Indies played and what have you. But Johnny Grave came out and said, well, it was a fantastic tour in one way. It also cost us a million dollars in losses. And you sort of look at that and you go, well, mm, that begs some questions about the modelling. So certainly in terms of things that you know are being spoken about at a world level in terms of um you know, test funds for countries to make sure that test cricket continues to be strong, I think become very, very important. And yes, it's great that financially the the, the T20 game is strong and doing well, but those benefits need to filter down into into test cricket. And hopefully that's what SA20 achieves with, its, with Cricket South Africa is the ability to filter those profits down into our domestic game, into our test game, and to make sure that those two can coexist. Yes, scheduling yeah. is probably the core of the issue. Um, and I think as the... The scheduling sort of, you know, becomes tighter and tighter, things become more difficult. And I think there are enough people who know how important it is at a at a, at a senior level in terms of administration of the game, that know that this is the most important thing facing the game at the moment. And I think you'll see over the next sort of year to 18 months, a lot of work being done on that. I know the players associations and etc around the world are doing a lot of work into that. Um, because there is a heavy workload on players and, uh, and only so many days in the calendar, there are a lot of T20 competitions. Uh, but i personally i love test cricket there's nothing better than to to watch a solid day's test cricket and and certainly it's uh, not sa20 looking to try and kill off test cricket um but yeah there are there are completely different pros and cons and i do believe that they can coexist completely and it's just it's just really tough for, for countries outside of the the, the the main sort of members india australia england maybe one or two to a, to a lesser degree in certain series but um yeah, there there are some challenges, and uh, and unfortunately, there are not that many answers at the moment.
0: Yeah, and I guess you, you guys are caught between a rock and a hard place when you consider the fact that the Indian tour to South Africa was going to bring in an extremely large amount of money, and we spoke to the CEO of the South African Cricketers Association, uh, Andrew Bredsky, and we chatted about this, and then we also spoke to the head of FICA as well about this, and you are in a very difficult situation whereby your tournament in a very short space of time can bring in a large amount of money where our union, in particular Cricket South Africa, are, is it fair to me to say, bankrupt or close to?
1: Yeah, I think, I think like I have said in, in, in the previous answer, obviously the financial modelling is, uh, is, is, is is pretty tricky in barring a few tours. So, as you mentioned, when India tour, tour here, which is obviously very financially lucrative. A lot of the tours uh, don't make you money or, or, or even lose your money at times. And so those are the challenges. So, yeah, that's why I say I think I think the products need to coexist. I think that's really important that we stop pitting them against one another because in the end, then there's no winners. If we allow them to work um, work together, then we give ourselves the best shot possible. I mean, hopefully these opportunities that the players get and the money that they earn allow them to continue to invest in South African cricket. And we believe that the league like SA20 actually... Enhances player retention. It allows us to keep our best players here, rather than them go out and be free agents and join the T Twenty circus around the world. That um, they actually commit to playing for South Africa, even if it is only in white ball formats. Keep our best players playing here, because without those best players playing here, it's very hard to keep all of the formats of the game as uh, sustainable in South Africa.
0: Let's keep talking cricket now and leave all the administrative nonsense out of the way, which uh, is somebody else's problem on another day. How amazing was it for a team that 13 months ago was languishing at the bottom of the table and couldn't find a win, have now won it twice. I mean, it's unbelievable. From a little, well, as we know, as Port Elizabeth or Kabeja, Um the sunrises have been phenomenal, thanks to what I have to say for me has been exceptional captaincy from a guy that doesn't say a hell of a lot in Aidan Martin.
1: Yeah, listen. I mean, sunrises have been absolutely fantastic. I mean, to 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 win a tournament that's as tightly fought, where literally anyone can beat anyone on their day, two years in a row is is a fantastic effort. And um, I think just looking at it semi from the outside, you know, you sort of get a little bit of an inside track being as close as we are. Um, it's just yeah, a real team effort there. Um, they uh, with respect to everyone. Uh, they they certainly don't take on the attitude of 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 having superstars and superstar players and superstar coaches, but just an honest squad of guys that that get on with it and and play some phenomenal cricket. I think there were some amazing performances. You just had to look at like the leading wicket takers list, and you saw all those Sunrisers names up near the top. You know, a guy like Dan Worrell who probably not one of the better known overseas players, came out and did an amazing job with the new ball. Marco Jansen, Otneyo Bartman, as we mentioned earlier, who just you know really not rose to prominence, but just you know stepped up a couple of steps in this tournament. The way he sort of bowled and was excellent. And then, as you say, the leadership, and I think the leadership being Markram, but also Adi Burrell behind the scenes, and uh, yes. I think he's been absolutely instrumental in in putting together a a very humble squad. I mean, not only have they won the competition twice in a row, but they've won our Fair Play sort of Spirit of Cricket Award twice in a row as well says a lot about how they've gone about it you know they've won and in inverted commas been the nice guys at the same time which is really amazing so no ady burrell aiden markram they've been excellent and i suppose that sunrise management uh you know must take a lot of credit uh after that first auction a lot of people didn't give them much hope they said oh you haven't maybe signed the players that everyone would have expected but yeah i think the proof's been in the pudding they've done a really good job and you know as i said earlier take nothing away from those other teams i think there's such a t- tight competition i mean BSG this year played some amazing cricket and you know had they won that final they would have been worthy champions too. Keshav Maharaj and Nons Kluzner did there was 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 pretty amazing with a squad that actually chopped and changed quite a bit because of their international commitments and FTP and a few injuries so sort of two different ends of the story that both could have led to success but yeah Sunrisers got over the line and yeah fitting champions.
0: And also, great to you didn't mention him, and I don't think, I'm well, not on purpose, not mentioning him, but the likes of the Dale Stain, um, who obviously had a huge amount to do, besides the odd surfing uh, expedition, I'm sure that he did, uh, while the, the team was around uh, the, the waves of, of the coast of South Africa. And the Mornay Morkels and the jaunty Rhodes and all of these ex-South African cricketers who were in one way and or another involved in these franchises Not only is it fantastic for them, but I guess also fantastic for these youngsters to get into an environment with names like that, that they recognize from their boyhood days, unlike the international players who they know and they might have seen on the television screen. But these South African guys, the closeness of the world and so on, must have a tremendous effect on the youngsters of South Africa.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, I think that's one of the one of the key parts uh, to this whole league. Jacques Callas at Pretoria Capitals is another one. You know, just just that first hand experience, you know, there are two kinds of coaches and you know none better or worse than the other. There's the sort of coach who's been there, done that, been the great player, can sort of share from that personal experience, which is obviously fantastic and then there's on the other side your, your your coaches who who maybe didn't quite you know were su- as big as superstars you know may have played the game but not as big as superstars but certainly have the ability to to coach and transfer knowledge and that's what Sunrises had in, in in a bit of both you know they had the Dale Stains but they also had the you know Russell Domingos and the Eddie Burrells, uh of, of of this world in their coaching yeah. staff and and so they got that nice mix right so and I, and I think if you went around the the country I say around the country around the six teams there are a lot of coaching staffs that have a, a similar makeup. Um, and as I said earlier, just uh, those some of those younger South African coaches who are sort of, you know, bubbling under and getting exposure, whether it be in the strength and conditioning, whether it be on the physio level, where it, uh, however it may be, I think that transfer of knowledge across various skill levels has been really, really important.
0: So the second season is done and dusted. I know it's just a couple of days ago that it ended. Um, you're looking forward to the third season, I'm sure. I don't mean looking forward to it happening. I mean, you're looking forward to it as in organising it. Is it too early to ask if there are going to be any significant changes, or are you quite happy with the model that you've got? And if it ain't broke, don't fix it.
1: Yeah, I think uh, I think it's really early days. I think there's still a dust settling from season two. Um, we'll, like we did last year, we'll undergo a really thorough review process. I think it's really important that you sort of just mull over things, get a proper feedback from from a variety of stakeholders in terms of sort of what went well, what didn't go so well, what can we do better. And then slowly start to build that 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 season three. I think we've got the basis of what we what we want to do. Um, there's obviously in terms of my world, particularly on the on the cricket side, obviously is, you know your difficulties in your scheduling and getting your windows and getting your fixtures and all of those sort of things that are sort of fundamental to to making sure your product's right. Um, but yeah, we uh, we'll take stock of it and uh, and yeah, we'll come back and then certainly the attitude will be bigger and better. It's sometimes quite hard straight afterwards to work out how that'll exactly play itself out. Um, but yeah, as long as we keep putting on a, a really top-notch product, cricket and otherwise, um, hopefully the people of South Africa continue to come to the grounds and watch like they have. Um, I mean, that's been something that's been so fantastic to see is, is, is those full stadiums. You know, it's it's really heartwarming to stand there in front of wherever it may be, whether it be in Quebec, whether it be in Paul, whether it be at the Bullring, ring, and see a full crowd and how loud and how into it the people have been. I mean, that's, that for me is so heartwarming. So if we can keep creating that, and if we need to tweak things and reinvent things to, to make sure that continues to happen, then so be it. But ultimately, that's the real proof of the pudding.
0: And the, the structure in terms of the, the the organization and the team that you have, I mean, it's not like this year it's Grant Smith, next year it might be somebody else. I mean, you guys are all entrenched and in place. So I mean, obviously, things might change, but there's no sort of contracts that need to be renegotiated between the guys that are running in the operation.
1: No, at the moment, uh, we're a pretty settled bunch. So, yeah, hopefully this uh, same team, which has been fantastic to work with, uh, and everyone really has played their role. And and like I said in my first answer, one of the highlights for me is just the amazing people I've got to be able to work with, uh, top industry professionals, whether it be in the marketing, whether it be in communications, whether it's on the eventing side, hospitality, all of these parts that come together to make uh, the tournament what it is, um, have been really amazing to work with. And, uh, yeah, I certainly feel blessed to have been a part of it and feel like my life, and my experience is richer for it. So hopefully they all, all feel similarly. Stephen, always
0: an absolute pleasure chatting to you. Lovely to, to have you on the show. And again, I think from the, the public, the, the entire South African cricketing public, thank you because we've had 30 uh, odd days of superb cricket, loads of fun, lots of catches, lots of drop catches in the crowd. I mean, bet we were wondering for them over how many times that they would have to. Divide that to 2 million. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for your time.
1: No, thank you, Louis. And uh, to, to you and your listeners, the fans, the, the lovers of cricket, um, yeah, thank you for watching, for supporting, because that's that's ultimately who we're doing it for. So, yeah, uh, re- we really appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, thanks uh, thanks for the time to chat today.
0: That is tonight's edition of From the Boardroom to the Locker Room. Hope you've enjoyed it. I guess we can say we smashed it out the park. Till next time, be nice to each other. Bye for now.